Welcome to the world of fiction, where we're lying, but that's okay. One prepared host, two neurodivergent nerds, two authors dig deeper into the lies that expose truths. If you're a fan of fiction with a curious mind, tune in each week for discussions on speculative worlds, fandom, the industry, and creating. Let's talk about separating a controversial or problematic artist from their work. Part two. I'm your prepared host, J.S. Garrity. And I'm the host who's winging it, Ludlow Adams. For our new listeners out there, every week I choose and prepare a topic with lots of notes because I'm a researcher and a planner. And I find out the topic a half an hour before because I'm an improviser and good on my feet. All right. Let's get into it. Actually, you Some, had a heads up about this topic because it's a yeah, part two. Yeah. yeah. Someday it'd be nice to have my own notes. But even knowing, I, I, I don't write notes or anything down because I'm just not that person. Yeah. We're, we're, we try and play on our own strengths Yeah, with this. Yeah. Which it's been working well, I think. Yeah, I think so. I, I think I think we're doing something that we can be proud of and and hopefully you know our our 17 listeners really like and yeah um, more than so, 12 yeah. <laughs> we actually do have more than 12 <laughs> listeners so thank you all, all. right thank yeah. you guys uh, if ever you're like why do they keep talking about that it's because of only murders in the building yeah we're both pretty and they're big filming fans. the third season yes i know i'm so excited I'm so yeah yeah so good such a good yeah. show but I think yeah, we're avoiding the topic at hand right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of. There's one more thing I wanted to say about Only Murders. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, uh, Steve Martin was like, uh, he kept having this idea and he kept having this idea and he was talking with Martin Short and he's like, I've had this idea for like 10 years where they start a podcast, but they're old, so they, they don't want to leave the building. And he's like, <laughs> you know, we're old. <laughs> <laughs> world <laughs> surprise we could do that yeah yeah That's this so th this topic is going to be a little heavy even heavier than last week's uh yeah. topic by the time you got y'all hear this yeah um a lot more last week yeah we got to talk about people who are dead mm -hmm. i mean let's let's just be honest and people have been gone for a while and we can kind of theorize a little bit mm -hmm. um you know, and of course, the fact that there are people that are hurting because of these people from the past is not it, it is not a theory. Like we know yeah. that that happens. Yeah. Um, it's even worse when it's people who are alive today and are continuing to write. Yep. Um, so and a good chunk of this is is going to be for the Potterheads. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're talking yeah. about J.K. Rowling today. And it, yeah. as we sort of briefly mentioned with part one, it's a lot more complicated when the person with the uh, harmful ideas and beliefs is still profiting off of yeah. their ideas. Yeah. And that's... Yeah. So as much as I've loved the books um, and I like the story and I like a lot of the message, uh, the messaging in the books, I... Like for the last few years, I like I haven't even picked up the picture books, which are beautiful, beautiful books. The art in them is gorgeous, and I mm -hmm. just can't, I just can't do it. Mm -hmm. I have copies of the the series on my shelf, 
but a lot of this is is coming from the fact that um, I have to keep them someplace where I can see them because they were my mother's copies before she passed away and she wants mm-hmm. my wanted mm-hmm. my nephew to have them. Mm-hmm. Um, now, my nephew's not a big reader, so they may go to the niece that mom never met, mm-hmm. but we'll see. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just honoring my mother's wishes is still kind of tough on that one. Mm-hmm. So I think, I mean... Well, I think we should definitely establish who we are as as on the spectrum of Harry yeah. Potter fandom for sure. Um, but I also want to um, quickly address what what you just mentioned because I think there's a general consensus that if you supported the the books or the movies and purchased them before 2020, when everything went down. Um, people generally say like yeah read the books like she's not making money off of those like she doesn't deserve to take that away from you um and you already bought them it's already done there's nothing you can do about it um there's a lot of people who were like pirate all of her stuff (laughs) um we're not going to talk about that today i feel like it's a little too sticky but um as far as where we are with the with harry potter fandom um i grew up on the books my cousins and i like we all had wands that our grandfather made for us. I still have mine. Um, I mean, I keep it because it's something my grandfather made and anything yeah. that he made is, is sacred for me. Um, and it also holds a lot of childhood memories of, of playing these Harry Potter games with my cousins and uh, my cousin who lived, uh, I lived in Washington. She lived in Missouri and, we would write emails as if they were letters that we were sending to to each other mm-hmm. by owl. And we would write emails to each other as our Harry Potter characters. And it was a way that we stayed in touch. And um, it was very important to us. And maybe yeah. not to the extent that it is to um, some other people in the world. I've seen people who, you know, they say that Harry Potter like saved them as, as mm-hmm. kids and, mm-hmm. and helped them with anxiety, helped them sleep at night. Um, yeah really important to a lot of people um but it was a, a big part of my childhood there is a lot of nostalgia associated with it um the movies i never cared about quite as much so that's i don't have as much skin in the game with 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 those and and streaming yeah. them or whatever um but the books i read i read those and and you know i would i was one of those kids who who got it like the day they came out and read it in mm-hmm. like two days or whatever the mm-hmm. the later ones um yeah and and just to like start things a little more lighthearted i want to i want to share a sort of funny anecdote because when only the first two books were out i you know we had them on our bookshelf and i asked my older brother like hey do you recommend these harry potter books like are they good should i read them should i bother reading them um, and this is the same brother who recommended to read Lord of the Flies to me when I was in fifth grade. <laughs> so I, I asked this brother, like, should I read Harry Potter? Is it any good? And and he was like, oh, it's just about this like grumpy guy who yells at his friends a lot. And so I had this idea in my head of this like really hairy dude because his name is Harry. And he just yells and is angry and yells at all of his friends. And so I joined the bag bandwagon a lot later than other kids my age did with Harry Potter. 
because I, I thought it was just about a guy who yelled at his friends a lot. I didn't even know about no. the magic or. He's not entirely wrong. <laughs> he's not. He's not wrong. Uh, it's funny, though. You know, when uh, Curse of the uh, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child came out, when mm-hmm. uh, the play uh, came out. One of the things people were so upset about was Harry yelling at McGonagall and saying something really, like, kind of inappropriate. And they were like, obviously, they didn't know who Harry was. And I'm like, Harry would get angry and say stupid stuff to anybody. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. I think they had a, you know, the the writers of the play had a better idea than you did. Um, yeah, it, yeah. it cultural phenomenon kind of thing. I mean, really, you know, there are people who are like, yeah, it saved, it saved me. It helped it helps my relationships. It's given me the confidence to do this and this and this. And, you know, while I don't want to take that away from anybody, I have to be really aware of the fact that there's an entire other part of the population who from the pretty much the beginning has been saying, no, this has been a problem. Um, Yeah. We need to address the fact that while things really started happening in 2020 with the, um, transphobic comments um specifically twitters uh, sorry twitters <laughs> I'm, I'm so old apparently tweets with the tweets um that there are problems in the books themselves with possible anti-semitism and um racial things that are not subtle or <laughs> They're they're there enough to deserve a conversation about. Yeah, and and they are they they do perpetuate some harmful things. And and my thought on that is often that even if it was just a trope that she used from someplace else, it was still a pretty ugly trope. Yeah, like you know, there are other ways of doing that. Yeah, it goes back um, to that the, idea that, you know, we need to evolve as a culture. And even yeah. if that trope existed and yeah. where we acknowledge, hey, there's some great works out there where this trope was used, it doesn't mean that we don't do better now with our yeah. work. Yeah, I think I, I, I think just, you know, for the, the listener who's like, what in the world are they talking about? I think we're talking about goblins yes. in Harry Potter and dwarves in Lord of the Rings. Yes. Let's just call it or and and the Hobbit. Um, you know, yeah. they have big noses and are greedy and are wily. And the goblins are, are in charge of the bank in yeah. Harry Potter, but they're also not allowed to to be educated in the same way that the wizards are and yeah, they're not yeah. allowed to use wands. Yeah. Like how in the world have they enforced that for 1500 years or 2000 years or whatever? Like, it's not realistic no way. world building. Yeah, there, I mean, there, there's a lot of stuff that as a writer I look at and I'm like, okay, as a kid's book, you get away with this. Mm-hmm. But if this was an adult book, I would be just lambasting you. Yeah. Honestly, the um, first book was really difficult for me to read even as a child because it, it was not super good. And I... No. I almost didn't keep reading this series because of that, but everyone told me, oh, it gets better as it goes on. She gets better at writing. And so I yeah. stayed with it. But first book, I only yeah. read that one once. I read the other ones multiple times, but I only read oh, that yeah. one once because it was not great. <laughs> it's not great writing. Yeah. Yeah. But there's, there's 
maybe a topic for down the road. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna really offend some people on that one. Um, you know, talking about books or writing that isn't great, that's still very compelling. Yeah. And that's I think where it was. It wasn't it wasn't amazingly well written or anything. It was compelling though. And it's still mm -hmm. it still is if you if you can separate out the garbage. Yeah. So let's or talk about separating out the garbage because yeah. Um, so as far as the minority groups being being harmed here, um, last time neither of us had a lot of skin in the game. This time I have a little bit of skin in the game. And I've also been uh, in a situation where I had a I was criticizing J.K. Rowling back in, you know, 2020 when all this was going down and I had a professor who used my um, love for feminism to try and sway me and and put other ideas in my head turf ideas <laughs> and that was complicated because at the time I really looked up to this professor and, and that was hard muck to to go through um and, and super inappropriate looking back now that I have like I am certified to teach online creative writing um and I've gone through the courses in my MFA necessary for that and I know now, like I've learned how to be a good professor and that includes ethics and that teacher crossed some major ethical lines there. But um, yeah, this has been an important topic for me ever since yeah. it, it came out in 2020. And I think it has for a lot of people, even if they don't have any relationship with the LGBTQ yeah. community um, aside, outside of the people they know and love. Um, it's yeah, it's. It's rough. It's going, you know, back to 2020 when everything went down. There's the initial heartbreak break and grief for these fans, especially trans and non-binary fans who grew up with the Harry Potter world being so important yeah. to them. Yeah. And the devastation, the absolute heartbreak of that being yeah. essentially taken away from them. Well, because that's the point where it became very overt. I mean, it was already yeah. there, yeah. but it, it, it could be subtle and, and, and it could be ignored. That's mm -hmm. one of the things, you know, to just keep in mind, everybody, like, you know, there are things in a relationship you might say to a friend or something that you're not going to say to your partner. You can both kind of ignore them, you know, mm -hmm. um, same thing with like work relationships or whatever, you know, you, you can you you can kind of ignore it if you have to until it gets thrown in your face. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the point when it was thrown in the face. And that's the point where I think she lost Stephen King as a fan and she definitely mm -hmm. blocked him on on social media. Yeah. Yeah. She lost a lot of fans that yeah. day. Um, yeah. yeah. I think that before there was always that uh, possibility that she didn't yeah. intentionally do those things and that she wasn't intentionally you know using these tropes and she just didn't understand she was ignorant to them or whatever which yeah. isn't an excuse like as an author you are obligated you have some kind of a responsibility to um to research and to talk to people and and to you know obviously we'll all make mistakes and everything but um, the point being, there was some room for the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And then when she tweeted these things, it, she yeah. very clearly showed where she stands. And yeah. there was no Which, room for doubt anymore. 
yeah, at that point, you know, you, you have to look back at her stuff and, and think to yourself, wait a minute, she was probably saying it then too, mm-hmm. just in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those stereotypes that she, she liked to use. Um, you know, what's the difference between a stereotype and a trope? Trope is literary, but yeah. it's basically just, a, it's, it's a, it can be a literary stereotype. It can be a template. It could be a trope of a person. It can be a genre trope, anything mm-hmm. along those lines, but it's typically lazy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what makes it a trope. If it had been well done and if it had been well done, um, as a specific point of commentary, yeah. this might all, this entire conversation might be a little bit different, yeah. but it wasn't, that's not at all what it was there for. And even yeah. that is really dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know, just a, a slightly more classical example, Dune use subverts the white savior trope to show how dangerous and dangerous it, it is and how it can be. Um, it can be abused, mm-hmm. you know, literally on a species wide scale, but yeah. I've got some friends who are like, yeah, but the fact that it was used at all is a big problem. So the fact mm-hmm. that she was using some of this really ugly stereotyping of a yeah. few different groups was, uh, was pretty awful. Yeah. And there isn't really there. It would be very hard to argue that she was using it to subvert anything. There yeah. isn't really anything there that suggests yeah. that. Um, another example um, would be Shakespeare's Merchant of Venice. There's some people who theorize that the anti-Semitism in Merchant of Venice is a, a critique of anti-Semitism. Um, and it can, if, you, if you read it carefully, um, that's a, actually a very valid interpretation of the Merchant of Venice. Um, but then there's other people who say maybe it was, but it doesn't matter because it still perpetuated some of those yeah. harmful stereotypes. And most people weren't smart enough to figure out that it was a critique um, in that time period. So, yeah, there's some controversy on on using tropes that way. But, but I think we can safely say that she wasn't even trying to do that either. Um so I, I don't know. Should we, should we briefly overview what happened in 2020? I feel like everybody knows, but maybe. I, yeah, I, I think, I think at this point, what we'll say is listener, if you're like, what happened, pause this, go look it up and look up and look it up. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think, I think moving forward would, would make more sense because we kind of want to talk about how you know if it's even possible to separate out the the good work from mm-hmm. from the uh, from the person. Yeah. Now, one of the things I'd like to say is that you know obviously Stephen King is one of the people who put his foot down when it came to Joe Rowling um, and was like, no, you know Stephen King has been labeled as problematic as well. I mean, he's had some really pretty problematic um, uh, portrayals of of different groups of people um he's used the magic negro trope himself Mm -hmm. um you know he also started writing in his and when when it was in the 1960s so you know and he's from new england i'm not saying that this excuses anything it just gives us a little bit of context Mm -hmm. um and i think i think he's busted his butt to try to become a better person over time Mm -hmm. um he's still not perfect none of us are so yeah. You know, this this isn't like a white knight swooping in and saying this was this was a problem you shouldn't be doing this. This was a guy who, you know, this was 
the guy who had changed quite a bit over the, the course of a few yeah. decades saying, hey, Joe, this is a problem. And then she just completely mm-hmm. shut down the, the, the conversation rather than saying, well, let me think about this or, or, you know, you might be right. Let me let me pause this and, and, and let me do some thinking and soul searching mm-hmm. on it. But no. Yeah. No. And I think, you know, that could be a whole nother topic that we could do a whole episode about another time is the idea of, you know, an artist making a mistake and then being uh, enlightened about yeah. it and yeah, and making an effort to do better next yeah. time. Um, but yeah. anyway, let's talk about how some members from the actual community responded okay. um, when these things first came out, because I think that that, again, the voices of the actual community being harmed are the most important here. And we do have um, voices that have been shared from the community. So the complex thing is that there's been very different responses. Um, The thing that kind of stays the same is that for the most part, those who have spoken out from the community agree that there's no support anymore for jk rowling as a as a person that that cannot exist anymore and that it would be hurtful for others to support her as a person um some have decided that they need to leave everything harry potter behind even if it was really important to them as children Mm -hmm. and and they're um what they're saying is if you don't, you're kind of saying that the wizarding world, this fictional world is more important to you than, yeah. than these trans people's lives. Yeah. And that while that seems extreme, they're coming from a place where there are very real policies and, and legislation being made um, or being maintained that uh, oppress them. And being lenient about things like pop culture and art um can be directly impactful on on these things that actually make a very real difference in these people's lives and so it's at least important to understand if you are supporting um any of jk rowling's work that there it's a it's a lot more complicated than yeah than it seems and recognizing that it is complicated um, there are other members of the community who felt like they didn't want to let her take something away from them that had been important mm-hmm. to them. And, you know, I feel like that's just as valid um, of a way for them to cope with that. And and so they take it as like, yeah, maybe she created the the idea, but we created the fandom. The fandom mm-hmm. is ours. And we can keep it ours and we can make the fandom inclusive and we can make an effort to affirm the community in the fandom. Um, and so some members of the community, may, maybe they took a break or they decided I, I won't purchase anything again, but the things I already have that I've already purchased, I'm yeah. still going to hold as, as valuable and sentimental. And I may go back yeah. and read, um, you know, keeping in mind this idea that I'm, I'm making it my own and I'm removing yeah. her from, from the narrative and from the story. Yeah. So there's been different reactions and responses to it. 
Um, and as people who are allies, I think the best thing that we can do is talk to the people directly in our life mm -hmm. because our potential for harm comes when we're, you know, spending time with the people that we love and care about and say, oh yeah, I, you know, I'm going to stream the Harry Potter movie tonight or something. And and they might be by hurt by that. And so talking to the people who you directly know is is important, I think, um, yeah. when you're trying to figure out how to approach this situation, because it's not an easy situation. There isn't really one right answer here, um, besides the very clear, like, don't support her as a person or her beliefs. Yeah. Do you have thoughts on that? <laughs> I feel I like I've monologued. Of, <laughs> I still have a couple of uh, like Gryffindor um, branded things. I mm -hmm. um, I actually had a picked up a Gryffindor sticker, threw it on the front of my one of my journals, and this is my bullet journal mm -hmm. when I actually use it. So, you know, I like what Gryffindor stands for. Mm -hmm. I still have like Gryffindor Vans shoes or something, and a, a, a quilt that a friend made me. Mm -hmm. Um. So it's like, like, thanks, Joe. Like, yeah. you know, what a, what a way to do this. But yeah, so that's, I mean, that's kind of tough. And, you know, I love those things and I love that part of it. But, yeah, you know, at the same time, I don't then know that I would parade any of them around, you know, a trans friend. Mm -hmm. um, right, right. You know, I wouldn't even know how to bring that up. Like, hey. You know, what, what do you, what do you say to that? Like, how do you, how do you go about that? Mm -hmm. Um, and there's part of me that kind of wishes I didn't have these things. Yeah. I don't know that I wish it enough to get rid of them though. That's, that's the, that's the thing. And that mm -hmm. might push me over into the bad person category a little bit. If with, for some people it might. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it, it's a tough thing because it, it it depends on if you believe the fandom can be separated from the original creator. Yeah. And yeah. some people believe it can, and some people believe it can't. And depending on what that person believes is, is going to change how they perceive the way that you're yeah. handling it. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, a, there's, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, there's part of me that's like, I wonder if I can get a couple of Marine Corps stickers to throw on these. And then I'm like, well, Marine Corps, you know, can be so seen as, as every bit as problematic yeah. by some people. Now, I think the Marine Corps made amazing strides, um, mm -hmm. you know, since the appeal, particularly since, since uh, uh, Don't Ask, Don't Tell was over, was mm -hmm. overturned. Um, you know, the Marine Corps was the one that was like, look, this is going to be hard and this is going to be disruptive and it's going to be ugly. And then as soon as it was overturned and everybody was ordered, you know, you're going to do this, they were the first, the first branch to say, okay, mm. we've got it figured out. Let's go. Interesting. And um, yeah. And I love the fact that now every once in a while you'll see, uh, you'll see, you know, a young Marine with his husband or something when he, mm -hmm. when, when the young Marine is just getting back from a deployment or something like that, mm -hmm. or, you know, uh, a young woman with her wife and, you know, one of them or both of them happen to be Marines. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's wonderful. Um, but then again, I also look at service as a bit of an obligation. So I'm like, why yeah. should they, why should yeah. they get out of it? Like, mm -hmm. come on, really? Yeah. So, yeah. but 
Yeah, so I don't know. It's hard. So yeah. many things. I mean, corruption is just a part of human society, and it's hard to find anything that's truly free of corruption. I don't believe yeah. there really is anything that's truly yeah. free of corruption. Um, sometimes it's just a matter of picking the things that are most important to you and choosing to, you know, put your full efforts behind those those things but you can't yeah. it's like literally impossible to to be keep, get your you know uh sorry i can't talk to rid your life of anything with corruption yeah it's, you wouldn't be able to exist in in our modern world um there was a a new york times article in 2020 um, when all of this first went down and something that the that uh, journalist said in the article, and I'll link the article in the show notes, um, was something about the intention to enjoy art while holding the artist accountable. And that went back to that same kind of idea from um, the Howard and Lovecraft conversation, this idea that even if if you are in the camp that hey we can still enjoy the art if we separate the artist out of it there still needs to be a conversation and an acknowledgement of these harmful beliefs and that they are harmful and we still need to be holding jk rowling accountable for these ideas yeah. and how you do that is going to really differ on on the person and on the individual I think there's some truth to that. Yeah, this one's tough. I, I think this is going to be one of those, listen, you got to figure this out for yourself um, Yeah. kind of things. I mean, you know, one of the things I'll point out is some of my, my friends who are, um, you know, different marginalized groups have pointed out that if, you know, particularly with JK Rowling, if you show yourself to be like a mega fan, you're showing those people in your life that you you care you quite possibly that you care less about them or you care mm -hmm. more about your fandom than you do real people. And mm -hmm. that, that kind of took me aback and I had to sit down and kind of think about that. Like I already had issues with JK Rowling at this point mm -hmm. and then sitting down and was like, Oh man. Yeah. Harder that representation. Yeah. Well, like we keep saying representation matters and yeah. this is one of the ways in which it matters. So mm -hmm. Okay, so now this is, I think, we're 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 upping the ante here a little bit. Oh gosh, because oh, we're no. going to talk about Hogwarts Legacy, um, the new game coming out. Yeah, yeah. And for this, like, I am not going to get into my own opinions here because I do not believe I have enough skin in the game for this because I don't have a desire to play the game, and I'm also not trans or non-binary so my opinions don't matter much in this conversation it, i think but i do want it, to discuss goes, the facts yeah. of, of what's going on it goes beyond that though i mean it goes back to the the goblin yeah um, yeah because there is yeah kind of thing yeah and that's so there, there's it. there's a lot that's wrong with this um yeah and i say this as somebody who played um harry potter wizards united from the the first day to the last day quite mm -hmm. literally um and uh, yeah i there's part of me that would love to play this game 
Mm-hmm. But then, you know, reading about it, wait a minute, like you're, we're, we're putting down a goblin rebellion. Like goblins are literally saying we want to be treated equally. And now we're playing a character who helps put that down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's hard to say because the, from what I understand, the game creators are saying it's not a rebellion. It's a faction that is, that are on like Voldemort's side kind of thing that are dark. Um, or not Voldemort the, because Voldemort didn't exist yet, right? It would have yeah. been. They, but, they support dark, dark wizards. Dark wizardry yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and it, I don't know if we can know for sure until the game is out and people have played yeah. it. And then there will be a verdict on that. But there is the complication of the fact that the source material is that way. And so that's a very real risk and a very real concern. Yeah. Um, here are some of the facts. Um, the game was in uh, development in 2017. Mm-hmm. So three years before J.K. Rowling really showed her true colors on her position with um, trans people and uh, gender inclusion. So there's that little thing that's important to know because there are actors and there are people who are part of that development before they knew about this. And some of those people are being attacked, which I think is a little unfair. Um, Simon Pegg. Yeah, yeah. Simon Pegg was one of the voice actors for the game, and he's kind of like, you know, this is this is where the what the game is, and this mm-hmm. is this is what we did, and you know, yeah. I don't know. That's a yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a um, that's a tough one. Yeah, and so and uh, the other thing is. Um, Port Key Games has publicly denounced Rawlings' views, but they've also kind of been wishy-washy with it and said things like she's entitled to her opinions. Yeah. So that can go either way. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they've also made it very clear that they've included the ability to make trans characters in the game. So there, there is a step towards inclusion. But again, that's something I'm not ready to make a verdict on because it was unclear to me, at least in their wording, if it was really trans inclusive or if it was like, you still have to pick you're a witch or a wizard, but then you can make the character look however you want them to. I'm not sure that's enough if that's the case, um, Um, personally. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. I I mean just the fact that there's not a an opportunity for a bi- non-binary character. Mm-hmm. With that said, I think non-binary it's it, obviously it's not a modern invention. I mean, you know, people didn't just mm-hmm. like spring up out of nowhere with it. You know, people have been struggling with this for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um well the sticker came off a lot easier than I thought it was going to. Um Oh, you took it off just now? Yeah. Yeah. I've I've got a I've got another sticker floating around I can use. Um, normally I get stickers and I send them to other people, but you know I keep a couple around for mm-hmm. stuff like this. Um, yeah. Anyway, with that said, um, you know in the late 1800s, I don't know that 
somebody would necessarily have labeled themselves as non-binary. Yeah. And that's, I think, part of where um, the the gamers are coming from in their explanations. Yeah. Like, if we're sticking to historical world facts or whatever, it's going to be a witch dormitory and a wizard dormitory. And you yeah. have to choose. And you can choose to be trans but these are the the binaries that exist in world yeah. um and i'm not sure how much creative control they were allowed to have in changing things like that yeah. um but my understanding yeah. is rolling um exercises a lot of creative control which again is is her right i mean mm -hmm. you know um the way her contracts are written are written and stuff my understanding is she gets a lot of creative control Portkey Games, I believe, may, has made everything from them. Um, they were part of Wizards United. Um, they were part of Hogwarts. What I forget what what. There's another mobile game. Um, um, I don't know. I think I think they that they're one of the creative partners in in all of these games. Yeah. Um, and everything kind of has to flow through them. Yeah. And it, from what I understand is their their official statement is that Rawling was not directly involved with development, but they did yeah. work very closely with her team. So I'd imagine yeah. that there were some things that she yeah. had creative control over, even if she wasn't directly involved with the development process. And she is making royalties. It's still her intellectual property. Yes. She makes royalties off of every purchase of this game. And, and here's one of the things that also keep in mind is she has given away so much money to uh, children's charities around the world that she has fallen off the billionaire list a mm -hmm. couple of times. Mm -hmm. Like she's given away a lot of money. Mm -hmm. and, and that doesn't, it's that doesn't still a problem. justify like yeah. her, her views or, or anything, but it also the royalties that she's making off this game aren't really impacting her life. It's yeah. not going to make her break her career. And um, it's just a, it's a complex issue with a lot of yeah. different sides and there's a lot of different ways of looking at it. And yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head earlier when you said, this is something that everyone, you can't just go and have someone give you the answer of what the right thing to do here is you yeah. need to go through the work of yeah. really digging deep and exploring yeah. it and listening to the voices from the community and yeah and making this decision for yourself yeah, yeah. Um, you and i could say whatever we wanted but you know everybody needs to get to that get to the point where they figured it out on their own because otherwise yeah. it, it's you it's worthless yeah i mean it's literally it's not worth anything for somebody to feed somebody else an answer like this mm -hmm. like hey this is our perspective yeah, we're, uh, you know, we're equivocating or more so probably I am equivocating a bit. Specifically, mm -hmm. I'm not trying to play devil's advocate. I think she's just flat out wrong. Mm -hmm. It's just that there's a lot of different ways. Once you, once, once I accepted the fact that she was wrong, there's a lot of ways for me to go. There's a lot of mm -hmm. different directions and that's what I'm equivocating on. And I yeah. want people to understand that, you know, we're still going to love our listeners anyway, you know. Mm -hmm. You figure out who you are and be that person and um, just, gosh, try not to hurt anybody along yeah. the way. Yeah. Um, I read an article on 
let me just double check I have the right name here. Uh, thegamer.com, written by a member of the trans non-binary community. Mm -hmm. um, and this individual was saying, if you play the game, I'm not going to think that you're automatically a transphobe. But don't talk to me about it. Like, don't parade it around in front of me. Yeah. And... And you do need to understand that you are putting money in J.K. Rowling's pocket if yeah. you if you buy this game. Yeah. And it, and as it doesn't mean that you are saying with that money that you support her views, but you need to recognize that you're doing that. And a lot what a lot of uh, people on the web um, netizens have been saying is, oh, we want to support the developers. Um, and that's kind of a way of deflecting, I think, the fact that you're just a really big fan and you really want to play the game and yeah. just admit that you really want to play the game yeah. because that is the real reason. And yeah. nobody's saying that that Harry Potter wasn't important to a lot of people and this game is a huge deal for everyone who wished that they would get a letter from Hogwarts as a kid or yeah. that they could have something like this to, to really be part of the wizarding world. People recognize that that's a real thing and you don't need to deflect your reasoning by saying I'm supporting the developers. Otherwise you would be buying every single game anyone ever created. Right. Yeah. So this, this uh, article is, is saying like, you know, you got to make this decision for yourself, but please don't go on the internet and defend it to all of the the people from the community because that's not yeah. cool. It's not cool. Yeah. That's pretty much what people have been saying for the last few years. What I was saying earlier is, you know, if you put your fandom um, out in front of, out, out in front of everybody or push it, you know, on your social medias and things, you're basically showing everybody, Hey, you know, this is a thing. Mm -hmm. But if you're quieter about it, you're, you're quiet and you do the thing, then, you know, who's to know what you do in the privacy of your own home anyway. Mm -hmm. So, And I think that, you know, there are people who um, explore Harry Potter fandom specifically with the intention of how do we make this more inclusive? And I see yeah. a lot of um, like reimagining or reacting out of scenes from the books in a way that's like, like we fixed it or <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I think those are starting important conversations and they're good conversations to have. Um, but I think as far as this game goes, it, she is making money. JK Rowling's making yeah. money on it. And it's just common courtesy to not throw that in a trans person's or a non-binary person's face and be like, yeah, yeah, I bought the game. I put money in JK Rowling's pocket. Or a Jewish person's face. Or a Jewish person's face. Yeah, we we didn't touch on that much, did we? I meant to. Um, no. But we, we did talk about it a lot in part one. Yeah. Well, we also talked about it. In this case, we talked about it. I mean, that's the trope with, yeah, yeah. you know, that's the, that's the thing where goblins and dwarves are basically supposed to be, you know, yeah. it, it, the criticism is that they're, they're basically Jewish people. Yeah. Both groups are, Jew yeah. you know, represent Jewish people. Um, and, and again, you know, they're greedy and they're, they're sneaky and they're this and they're that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, wow, you really checked all the boxes on that mm -hmm. one. 
Um, and I, I like to think of the best in people. And I would like to think that these game developers who have denounced J.K. Rowling's beliefs on on the trans community would be aware of those things. But I've also been disappointed many times. And so yeah. I'm not sure how that's going to turn out, what that's going to look like. We'll just have to wait and see for the game to come out and find yeah. out. Yeah, yeah unfortunately well that was a hard one yeah <laughs> but again you know these conversations are important to have and just because they're uncomfortable doesn't mean that we shouldn't have them yeah yeah i agree so thank you for listening and just like with part one go out there and and read what the community is saying and yeah and inform yourself as much as possible and yeah. and Dig through some of those uncomfortable feelings you're having because that's how growth happens. Yeah. All right. And that's our time for today. And we've been your hosts, Ludlow Adams. And J.S. Garrity. Thanks for tuning in. Join us next week for a new topic about the world of fiction. This has been We're Lying, But That's Okay. Big thanks to our listeners for your support. If you enjoyed this podcast, leave us a review. Thank you to our one-man production and tech support team, Max Garrity, for making this podcast possible.